Welcome everybody. Welcome to River Glen. Thank you so much for inviting us into your home through your devices. If you're new or just finding us online, my name is Ben and I'm thrilled, I'm delighted and glad that uh, you've joined with us today. Now, before I get started, I want you to know next weekend we begin a new series and we have a very special guest speaker with us. You do not want to miss next weekend. Tim Harlow is the pastor of Parkview Christian Church, a growing and dynamic multi-site church in the Chicago area. Tim is an excellent preacher and leader and author. He's written several great books. Next weekend, we begin a new series based on his latest book. I want you to hear Tim explain it. Take a look. Hey, River Glen, Tim Harlow here from Chicago. Just wanted to say thanks for jumping in and you guys are going through a, a series based on uh, a book. You did that four or five years ago with me too. And I just really appreciate the relationship with your church from Parkview down here in Chicagoland and also with Ben and Marnie and going even deeper because uh, Ryan, their son, is going to intern with us soon. So I'll be able to correct all the stuff that he has wrong in his life. Um, what made Jesus mad is just, uh, I mean, I know it's like, wait, Jesus wasn't mad. No, he was, he was mad. And the, the reason he was mad is because people were blocking access to God. And I think that's a problem. And I think we're still doing it. So I, I want to invite you back for the next few weeks as we talk about this together. Uh, what made Jesus mad? I think what makes somebody mad is the most important thing we learn about them. What they like is one thing, but what they're angry about should be even more important. Hope you'll be here for all of it. This is going to be a powerful series. Next weekend, we launch this new series, What Made Jesus Mad, with Tim Harlow giving the first message. I believe we're going to learn to see Jesus in a fresh way. Don't miss it. Join us online next weekend. Now, this weekend, we finish a series about relationships and how to not just love the ones we say we love, but how do we like them? How do we develop and grow better relationships in this season? This is important for us today for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, Jesus taught the most important part of life is relationships. When the religious leaders asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. According to Jesus, our number one priority in life is relationships, loving God and loving people. But second, I think we've all realized that this COVID season can cause a lot of strain on relationships if we're not careful. Take a look at some of these memes from social media that reflect some of the tension we feel in relationships right now. Like this first one, people have a shorter fuse and more arguments. This next one shows how going to the grocery store can cause stress in relationships. We're also eating together more often, fighting over potato chips. That's a good one. We can get really irritable with the people we love the most during this COVID season. We feel kind of stir crazy and more easily triggered. So we began this series like the ones you love two weeks ago. And if you missed a weekend, I encourage you to go to our website and watch week one and two. Week one, we talked about how vulnerability is really the on-ramp to connecting in relationships. Week two, we talked about how conflict can actually make our relationships better if we respond in a healthy and loving way. And now week three, I wanna talk about probably the most important aspect of relationships, and that is communication. It's hard to overstate the importance of communication in relationships. After years of research, Dr. John Gottman from the University of Washington has found that the number one reason for divorce in the United States is poor communication. It's probably not a surprise. 
All of us have probably experienced the loss of a friendship or the breakdown of an important relationship because of poor communication. But of course, communication is a really broad subject. We communicate with words, we communicate with our tone of voice, we communicate with body language and hand gestures, we communicate with our eyes. Communication covers a lot and it's a two-way street. So today I wanna to focus on what I think is the very most important communication skill for building better relationships and that is listening. Take a look at what James, the brother of Jesus, writes about listening. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Notice how James says, everyone should take note of this. In other words, this is really important. Write it down. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. James says, listening should be our default response, what happens quickly and naturally. But so often in my life, I get this reversed. Anybody else like me, I'm, I'm quick to speak, slow to listen, and often I'm quick to become angry. But James says, I want you to lead with your ears and not with your mouth, which is very difficult for me. Now, I know this verse may sound like something that you might hear Oprah or Dr. Phil say. It might sound like something you would read in an article on relationship tips or best practices for relationships. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. But this is not a suggestion. This is not just a best practice. This is a command in scripture for every person who follows Jesus. And there's no qualifier here. I mean, I kind of wish there was. Part of me wishes James would say, you have to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry unless the person you're talking to is making an unreasonable argument or unless the person you're talking to is especially annoying or unless the person you're talking to is on the other side of the political aisle unless the person you're talking with you've been quarantined with for the last two months. But there are no qualifiers here. James just says you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It's also important to notice how James connects listening with anger in this verse. Listening slows down our anger. During this COVID season, anger is more prevalent. Maybe in the past, if we felt frustrated or irritated or bitter with someone, we could bury some of that underneath our filled up calendars or we could bury it under a pile of get togethers and sports activities and school functions and events. But now we spend more time together and these emotions come to the surface and that makes the skill of listening even more important in this COVID season because James says, listening helps us slow down and manage our anger and frustration. But that's easier said than done. I mean, it's hard to become a good listener because there are so many barriers for us to listen well. One of the barriers of becoming a good listener is that we're me focused. I like thinking about me and talking about me and having people listen to me, which thanks for listening to me today. I do appreciate your attention, but this is not a strong area for me. Honestly, some of the poorest listeners are pastors like me. We spend so much time speaking and teaching and giving answers that we're not very good listeners. This is a growth area for me. It's, it's, it's difficult for many of us because we have to be willing to let go of our self-preoccupation to become good at listening. Author Adam McHugh says, good listening starts with the scandalous premise that this conversation is not about you. I know that may be a new revelation for some of us, right? What? You mean your life doesn't revolve around me? Here's an example of what this me-focused barrier can look like. You ever heard of spotlight grabbing? 
Sometimes I do this. Spotlight grabbing is when somebody starts to share a story and instead of just listening to that story, you recognize you had a similar experience and you go, oh wow, that happened to me too. And you're off and running sharing the details about your experience, your story, instead of listening to someone else. Our me focus can keep us from listening. Another barrier to being a good listener is that we make assumptions. Assuming you know somebody's story, assuming you know how it'll turn out, assuming you know how they feel about a situation. Rather than trying to understand what a person says, we assume we already know. It's kind of like trying to put together a piece of Ikea furniture without looking at the directions. You assume you know how to put it together, but it's probably gonna end up wrong. Trust me, I know. We make assumptions. A third barrier is validation. Very often in our culture, we validate and give authority to people who speak. I mean, when was the last time you watched a news channel and they gave you the close-up of the person doing the listening, just going, tell me more. I'm really interested in your opinion. Now, often it's hot-headed people who look like their brain is about to explode. They're yelling and fighting and going at it. And very often in our culture, the loudest person gets validated as a strong person, as a smart person, when in reality, the good listener is truly wise. And this can create a barrier for us because choosing to listen will sometimes mean we go against culture, we go against the crowd, and we may not feel validated. Another barrier to us becoming a good listener is busyness. I struggle with this one. Even during the COVID season, some of us are busy, running all over the place. We've got full calendars, full minds. We stay in hurried mode all the time, unable to stop and look somebody in the eye to have a conversation. John Ortberg is a, a pastor and author. He shares how he struggled with busyness. He called his mentor named Dallas Willard and asked, what do I need to do? And here's what Dallas Willard told him. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. But I don't typically think of busyness as something I need to ruthlessly eliminate from my life. In some ways, we celebrate busyness in our culture. You ever had somebody look at your calendar and they say, wow, you're so busy. And a little part of you feels proud, like, yeah, I'm important. That's why I'm so busy. Deep down, we believe that my value comes from what I do. And we function more like human doings instead of human beings. Busyness is one of the barriers that can keep us from really listening to each other. Now, there are more barriers. I just picked a few. But I want us to consider this question. What happens in our relationships when we don't listen? What happens when we don't listen to other people? Several things happen. The first one may be obvious, but the people in our lives, they feel unheard. When we're me-focused, when we grab the spotlight, when we make assumptions about what's going on in their life, and we're too busy to make eye contact with them, they feel unheard. And when people feel unheard, they feel unknown. You, you might even hear their words, but that doesn't mean you're listening, really listening and getting to know them better. I tend to hear things, but I don't always listen very well. Sometimes my wife will quiz me. She'll say, did you hear what I just said? And I'll be able to repeat it. And then she'll say, I feel like you hear me, but you're not listening to me or something like that. Because there's a difference between hearing and listening. Hearing is an act of my senses, but listening is an act of my will. Listening is not a passive act. I choose listening. It's the idea of chasing something down. You're not just hearing, you're listening for something. You're leaning in, you're eliminating other noises. And when I don't make that choice to listen, people feel unheard. 
This can happen when someone comes to us with an issue they want to talk about, but rather than listening and trying to understand where they are coming from, we jump right into fix-it mode. We think we know how to solve their problem, but most people aren't asking for your strategy to solve their problem immediately. They're looking for support and affirmation as they navigate their problem. They want to feel known, and we fail them when we try to heal them before we hear them. The writer of Proverbs warns us to answer before listening. That is folly and shame, and yet it's so easy to do. We leave them feeling unknown. And when that happens, they ultimately feel unloved, especially the people closest to you. That's why listening and responding with words like, I'm so sorry, that must have been so hard, or tell me more about that, are really important because this is what love looks like. Author David Augsburger has this to say about listening. He says, being listened to is so close to being loved that the average person cannot tell the difference. Listening feels so much like being loved because in a lot of ways it is. I meet with a small group of pastors every month and the leader of our group coaches pastors and I think he knows that pastors are not always great listeners. And so every time we meet in person, he reads this quote to us by Dr. Carl Menninger. And so I've heard this many times, but I need reminding that listening is a magnetic and strange thing, a creative force. The friends who listen to us are the ones that we move toward. When we feel that we're listened to, it creates us, makes us unfold and expand. Listening is powerful because it communicates that we value and love someone. And I believe every single one of us wants the people in our life to feel loved. So I want us to look at the example of Jesus for a moment because Jesus was the greatest listener who ever walked this planet. And then I wanna share with you a few ways that we can practice listening. Now, Jesus demonstrated God's love in big and miraculous ways. Jesus would do these big mic drop moments. And those are often the stories that we tell about Jesus. Like the time a little boy gave Jesus his lunch and Jesus fed 5,000 people with it. Jesus performed incredible miracles. But there are other moments and stories that are less mic drop moments and more like whispers. More like a whisper where he sees someone who's probably being ignored and he acknowledges them and hears them and loves them. We find one of these stories in Luke chapter 18. I want you to picture this powerful story beginning in verse 35. A huge crowd gathered in the city of Jericho because the people heard that Jesus came to town. In fact, the crowd grew so big that people could not get close enough to get a glimpse of Jesus. People actually climbed trees to see Jesus walk by. Put yourself in that bustling crowd that day. It's probably hot and dusty and not a lot of social distancing going on. Think of attending Summerfest on a crowded hot summer day. You ever felt pushed and pulled by a large crowd? It's loud and noisy and it can feel disorienting. I want you to have that picture in your mind as we pick up the story in Luke chapter 18. It says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of the crowd going past, he asked what was happening. This blind man hears the ruckus of the crowd and he wants to know what's going on. It gets louder and louder and he wants to know what's happening. And the people told him that Jesus, the Nazarene, was going by. And this guy must have heard stories about Jesus. He must have known something about Jesus because all of a sudden, hope seems to well up in his heart. And so he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. But this guy was not gonna be deterred. He shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, 
he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. So Jesus stops and he goes against the crowd. He sees and hears this blind man and he says, bring him to me. So they bring the blind man to Jesus. But instead of assuming what this man needs, Jesus looks right into his blind eyes and Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Notice how Jesus didn't make an assumption. He asked a question. Lord, he said, I want to see. Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see and he followed Jesus, praising God. It's an amazing story, not only because Jesus healed this man, but Jesus listened to him. It's amazing because back in that ancient culture, if you were blind, if you had a disability, they thought either you or somebody in your family had sinned and the reason you couldn't see or the reason you couldn't walk was your own fault. And everybody ignored you. Everybody made that assumption. But Jesus, surrounded by hundreds of people, stops and listens and asks this man, what do you want me to do for you? Think about this. The first image this blind man sees is the face of Jesus looking at him and listening to him. Jesus was an amazing listener. The chaos in the city would have justified him walking by. He could have pretended like he didn't hear. But Jesus wanted this man to feel heard and known and loved. Here's what I think made Jesus a great listener. He recognized the very image of God in every single person. He saw the divine dignity in every single person. And I believe we can learn to see the image of God, this divine dignity in every person that we come in contact with, especially in our closest and most important relationships. Even if we don't agree with them, we can still listen to them. We can still, we can still empathize with them and love them. But how do we do that? How do we become a better listener like Jesus? Well, it's hard for us to give something that we haven't yet received. Before we can share the love of Jesus, we have to receive it ourselves. One of Jesus' closest friends named John wrote about this. He said, we love because he first loved us. We love not because we're awesome. We love because he first loved us. We love because Jesus sees us, hears us. He hears the cry of our heart. He hears the fear. He hears the desperation. He hears the depression. He hears the judgment. He hears all of it. Jesus knows us and he loves us. And when we awaken to that reality, it's like our blind eyes of spirituality open wide. They open wide. And maybe for the first time, you need to respond to Jesus and say, I want to see. I want to see. Let him reveal his love to you. That love will empower you to love the way he loves, to see the way he sees and listen the way he listens. So let's listen to the people in our lives, not just hear the words they're saying, but listen. That means we may need to stop what we're doing. It's like having a conversation with a toddler. You ever been in a conversation with a toddler and the toddler notices that you're not listening? Maybe you're distracted by the phone or TV. And so the toddler uh, grabs your face and, and turns your face. The toddler is like, look me in the eye because there's something dignified about listening with your eyes. Listening really involves your whole self. So maybe you need to put down the phone, turn off the television, close up the laptop, whatever it is to listen like Jesus and know the people in our lives. Sometimes it helps to ask more questions. Asking questions makes you more curious and helps you listen better. A couple weeks ago, we gave a link to a list of questions and we used this list one night with our family over dinner. I wasn't sure how it would go. I started by asking a question from the list and it caused everybody to lean in and listen to each other better. And it was fun and interesting. We laughed and learned new things about each other. And after the first question, somebody said to me, ask another question. We did several more. The host is going to provide that same link for you again in the chat today. Find some time today or this week to just ask some questions. 
Ask your spouse, ask your kids, ask your friends, ask questions over dinner. It helps us listen and people feel heard and known. And when somebody opens up and shares with us, let's not jump into fix it mode right away. Remember, most people aren't sharing with us because they're typically looking for our strategy for solving their problem immediately. They want our support and affirmation first. Let's hear people before we try to heal them. And here's why this is so important because ultimately that's what love looks like. When people feel listened to, when people feel known, they feel loved. Listening ascribes worth to people. That's why listening is magnetic. We feel drawn to people who listen to us. We like people who listen well. And it draws us to Jesus, knowing that he knows us and listens to us. And I really do believe there's a correlation between how connected I am with Jesus and how I respond to those around me. And if I'm not connected to Jesus and I don't feel listened to and I don't feel known and I don't feel loved by Jesus, it's really challenging for me to extend that to other people. But when I'm connected to him and I feel heard and known and loved, it's easier to extend that to those around me, particularly in my most important relationships. So let's lean into Jesus. Let's receive from Jesus what we need so that we can love those around us by listening. And let's be reminded of these wise words that we heard from author David Augsburger. Being listened to is so close to being loved that the average person cannot tell the difference. So let's love well by listening to those around us. I'm gonna pray for us and then we have one more song. But before I pray, I want you to know that if you're struggling in your relationships and you need help, we have people available who will encourage you and pray for you. Our hosts are available or you can click on the link they provide. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for being a creator who hears us, listens to us and that we know loves us. Father, I pray for you to help us develop better relationships in this season. Would you infuse us through the power of your Holy Spirit to see the way you see? Help us to see the, the image of God, the divine dignity in every person. Thank you for Jesus who showed us what it looks like to be empowered by your love. Empower us to live and listen and love like Jesus. Help us to be fully present and to listen intently. And as a result, may other people know not just that we love them, but may they know how much you love them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.